0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Voice of Smart Digital Manufacturing, a 10-part industry podcast dedicated to the industries of tomorrow and how they can be enablers of fundamental innovation and disruption. A place that brings the promises to allow today's listeners to meet tomorrow's innovation. I'm Bettina Prumper and I'm your host with Siemens Global Marketing. Today in our first episode, we start our journey by discussing how Siemens enable industry manufacturers to become leaders. We will be introducing you to the idea of the smart digital manufacturing. As you might imagine, the digital transformation is one of the most fundamental drivers of disruption ever, and at the same time, a unique opportunity to shape our future in this age of rapid changes and unprecedented innovation. So what does smart manufacturing mean in the Industry 4.0? With increased complexity everywhere, what does it mean to provide your first-time right innovation to market? Some of these questions will be answered in today's episode. But first let me introduce you to today's special guest, Raffaello Leprati. He is the global vice president of manufacturing operations management, business development and segment marketing at Siemens Digital Industry Software, and he recently joined the Manufacturing Industry Cloud Team. Welcome, Raffaello. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us about the smart digital manufacturing and its application to the industries of the future.
1: Hi, Bettina. Thanks for having me here.
0: Before we dive in, could you please share a little bit about your background and role at Siemens?
1: I come actually from uh, the industry background and I was spending uh, after the academics and actually the engineering degree that I achieved Uh, i was spending the first years in the automotive industries and actually that was uh uh, my first experience in the industry that i got and i joined the company siemens actually 15 years ago which is quite a long time i have to say still having a great motivation and because i i was uh, rotating in different responsibility and jobs across different countries so i was actually making experience in uh, r&d but also in product management and then afterwards i basically saw that uh, most of my motivation was more in the sales, marketing, business development kind of rules. Here I was starting working more close to the automation business. And then when the, basically the software and all the discussion around digitalization came up, I got opportunity to join the software business within Siemens. Now since 2014, uh, I'm working there and I'm quite glad that we could build some of the cool things that we're now having in the market.
0: Sounds like you have a lot of experience. So before we shift into how industry manufacturers can become leaders through smart manufacturing, I think it makes sense to first define digitalization by clarifying its role.
1: That is a good question. It's a a so-called one million dollar question. It's not easy to answer. So in a nutshell, digitalization means a lot of things. But I think in the central is how the way we are smartly connecting data from uh, anywhere, any domain and a company to another domain. What I mean by that is uh, whatever is happening in the product life cycle, so from the idea of a new product uh, in the design of uh, its design to the delivery to the market, there is a lot of things happening and there is a lot of data created, a lot of uh, transactions, events, also alarms if you look at uh, the manufacturing really where the production is uh, taking place. So it's all about whenever we have something happening, how smartly I can identify whether this data, created data, is a, of a direct, indirect impact for anyone else in the ecosystem. As a kind of an intelligent mechanism allowing to link uh, something which is happening somewhere in the, some stage, in the, some part of organization of a company, to having a relevant job that might be impacted by that uh, data. So that's what I, what I see digitalization. So making a company more agile, much more able to cope with challenges. There are, as we are experiencing with unprecedented time that we're going through, making to to make the, the company more and more, much more agile and able to react to those events.
0: I mean, now, as we all have a common definition of the role of digitalization, I would like to focus on the trends and challenges Raffaello, what are the major trends and challenges which are shaping the manufacturing industry today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Bettina. It's uh, not an easy answer, but um, we'll try to come to the point. Maybe I'd like to start with uh, uh, the more tangible example uh, that is about the uh, disruptive events. And I think we have been experiencing in the last 18 months uh, one of the most disruptive time uh, we had. You can think about a few examples, uh, and I believe... Uh, Every one of us knows about the ventilator story, ventilator shortage devices that were required in the hospitals and clinics. You probably recall that was a a big discussion around how to produce more of those devices. And uh, we had also in some cases uh, um, uh, not a request to the medical device company to produce more, but also other companies outside of that industry to start producing uh, those devices, the ventilators. So what I mean is uh, basically that uh, you need to have a big level of agility in place in your organization in order to either produce more, but uh, even more to, to change uh, the way you produce from typical product to a new one. This impacts uh, the way you organize, of course, your uh, systems and your, 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 your flow of information because it comprises uh, different departments different domains from from the design of the product uh, to the validations of your design then the, everything around uh, the product itself so what is uh, the uh, planning about capacity the material flow logistics and then of course down to the operational part where you produce your your product and you have equipments so you need probably to reconfigure equipment in your programs or you, you need to uh, even add or, or change some of the equipments. This is shows that, that the complexity that we have if, if uh, we need to change uh, quickly, rapidly, and that was uh, definitely the example that we have uh, out of an unprecedented time uh, we had experienced again in, in the recent time. And this is not uh, an issue about the company itself, it's an issue that is impacting network economy. So it's the company and the supply chain that's attached to this. And so it's about not only being able to redesign and uh, re-engineer and produce a uh, new product, it's about uh, how can you get to implement a, a good strategy and the right strategy from, from a supply chain point of view? How can you form ahead your supplier? Can you check uh, that you are getting uh, the right material, the right quantity, and you identify any kind of potential quality issue that are coming along through the supply chain? Because here we have a caveat that uh, we are talking about a medical device uh, and diagnostic industry or medical device product, which is, co- of course, uh, exposed to a lot of regulations. And I'm not saying other industry have not those regulations, but it's one of the industry with uh, definitely a lot of regulations around the product, which has to be safe, and uh, there is zero tolerance for mistakes. So how, how, you, are, how you are suddenly making sure you are... Pulling all your data and structure in a way that you are in a very effective time, you are able to produce uh, the documents you are required from uh, the authority for for the audits and to be successful, to pass the audits and uh, be able really to bring your product to market at the end. So this is, I believe, uh, the example that uh, might be quite tangible for every one of us. I, this is one definitely one big challenge. So how can we adapt to those disruptive events and we have a lot of them um, i was using probably a prominent example but uh, there are a lot different ones uh, and and this is the the biggest challenge probably at the moment and this is coming not as the only challenge as uh, the network economy and the expectation from uh, from being a global player implies also uh, a kind of high uh, uh, High complexity in the design of a product itself. Think about on the one side, we have uh, uh, the expectation to have uh, products becoming m- much more smarter and connected. On the other side, expectation of uh, from, from, from people to get products uh, that are matching to specific individual expectations. So we're talking about must customizations, although it's going really to be more and more an individual product or at least to give the opportunity. To everyone, to uh, order that is matching your own expectations, and uh, this is uh, this is reflecting the higher complexity in the design. So you need to take into consideration all these uh, variables uh, and to make sure that you have uh, a material list, a description of a, of of the product that is considering that. So definitely one one additional challenge is the complexity in design. Coming along with this is also the cost factor we have attached to the product. So we. Although we're we are expecting to get uh, high quality and uh, premium products, uh, which are more and more individually produced for everyone's need, the expectation at the same time is to, to get this product with an affordable level, cost level. So the cost pressure is getting higher and higher, and cost pressures uh, implies a lot of uh, different aspects. Uh, the one, of course, uh, is, is about efficiency, internal efficiency of products, how can I make sure that i don't waste time i don't waste resources and i get to to the point that uh, my my infrastructure is helping me understand quickly where i need to act and how to act and even helping collaborating in parallel different things doing carried out in parallel without losing time that's one thing so efficiency mm-hmm. internally but uh but also the the material uh, costs and uh in everyone was uh, was it attached to a better supply chain strategy, and the fact that you should uh, know, depending on the seasonal effects, depending on on other effects, uh, w- where you can ensure you get to the high quality material or, or part for your product supplied at the best price. So this is definitely one of the challenge that I see in uh, in all the industry, and uh, this is coming on top to disruptive events and agility, and the complexity of design.
0: Thanks for these three great examples, I have to say. It sounds like manufacturers have already a lot on their plates, so the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic has created a new phase on manufacturing. Could you further explain that impact?
1: Believing that manufacturing is back again. I think this was also an interview that was given, I don't recall, but uh, uh, the resurgence of manufacturing. If manufacturing is the key of, at the end of the day, realizing what you think is uh, the right product, as an uh, innovative product. There is a lot to say around that, but uh, in manufacturing, there is now a big shift in uh, in the culture. A big shift also in the way that manufacturing is uh, per- perceived uh, I believe that uh, COVID has given a clarity that uh, maybe manufacturing is not that, uh, the commodity you need to have to realize something, but it's the central point of where, where supply chain is coming, where innovation needs to be, new, be realized, uh, and therefore is uh, taking a, a much bigger and higher rule now going forward again.
0: Okay. I mean, it looks like this new phase of manufacturing is forcing industry manufacturers to innovate their processes, but... Also, they're embracing a new new normal in order to succeed in this age of industry 4.0 and digital transformation. So I'm wondering how they can gain competitive advantage and become leaders.
1: Well, we have learned from this experience we're doing uh, how important it is to be able to, uh, to run a manufacturing, to run processes uh, also from remote, how to be sure you can uh, not only take the control, monitor what's going on in your production, and uh, understand how you can uh, uh, and where to take a certain decision because there is a, a bottleneck there is a, an issue that you need to solve and imagine you are not you're not in a factory you're not uh, in the plant so you you need to take the decision so how important is that you have the right data on your device and you have the right distillation of all this uh, big data into what I call smart data and what drives the actionable insights for you. So it's very important. This is the new normal. The new normal is I think that people are much more clear that, uh, first of all, the work from remote is a good opportunity uh, and uh, that uh, what uh, has been developed in order to support this remote work is definitely also an advantage in terms of technology, but in terms of of approach for the future going forward, when we will all be back uh, with uh, the new normal. There is a set of other things that are attached to that. Uh, the fact uh, that uh, fluctuation has became much a challenge now. Uh, you you cannot plan anymore to have uh, certain people in uh, plan because of uh, you know all the regulations, uh, this distance they need to keep, uh, and uh, all that. What uh, again? What happened uh, recently? With that say, you need to have a, a smart way of uh, combining this way of planning and scheduling your operations. Uh, uh, depending on the condition you have outside. So there is also a year, an explosion of intelligence uh, that uh, uh, happens in some of the tools uh, that are used to plan your activities, to dispatch your activities. This is definitely one of the main or major aspects uh, that I see, as well as the sense of urgency for digitalization. So I, I have to say that this is probably the, the new normal is something that is uh, where, where people are not, only understanding anymore that what the digital, the digitalization is important. Uh, I think people are now, and, and decision makers in particular, are having the, a clear sense of urgency now. They are feeling the sense of urgency to implement digitalization. There is a, maybe an imperative for some of them because we know that uh, some of the industry, unfortunately, uh, although we're talking about digitalization since uh, maybe 10, 10 years, that uh, some of uh, the industry are uh, unfortunately uh, far behind. There is a lot of paper used, uh, which is uh, still fine. You can run that, but uh, it's uh, representing a
0: big constraint going forward. To be honest, that reminds me of that great quote from, I think it was Henry Ford about collaboration. Do you remember that one?
1: Oh yeah, yes. It was uh, about uh, coming together is a beginning, <laughs> Then keeping together is a progress and then working together is success. Yeah, yeah well, that's that's definitely valid. Uh, I mean, collaboration is uh, what I say before, how you link the data. But what is the root of digitalization now? That's a different. Digitalization should, should create a foundational enablement uh, to have uh, a different collaboration. I mean, Harry Ford at that time was was about mass customiz or the mass production how you are producing a serialized uh, assembly plant, uh, for example, where people were collaborating and and everything was organized differently. There was on-site, side-by-side. Here's about enabling collaboration in a totally different way. But what Henry Ford was saying is definitely still valid.
0: Exactly. So unfortunately, we are already nearing the end of today's episode, but I can promise there are many more to come. Raffaello, what can our listeners expect in our upcoming episodes?
1: It's important that, uh, and I've been uh, touching this while talking to you, that uh, digitalization is an approach, is an evolution of the industries. But uh, what m- matters uh, more is, uh, and where the questions are coming up, is how is uh, really the value of the digitalization in different industries or sub industries? So we're going to see, we're going to have some experts talking about our experiences and uh, our value proposition of what we're doing for specific industries, so one of them will be the medical device and diagnostic, but uh, machinery is another one so and uh, electronics uh, and we have, we will have a, a number of those uh, podcasts uh, that will allow also specific audience uh, to understand maybe their uh, needs of a specific industry or again sub industry. Then we will also talk about more technologies is where, of course, we are coming from and how those technology, this technology can help more uh, enable and, and, and implement the digitalization or a digital transformation in, in those industries. We are going also to talk about uh, some new approaches that we're taking about how you combine and making sure that uh, the collaboration is also being enabled one of the typical examples is uh, how you collaborate between a, a engineering design and a manufacturing design. So we are going to focus on what we call closed-loop manufacturing, which is the way of uh, basically exchanging data from engineering to manufacturing and back in order to better address uh, change requests, better address any kind of issue and deviation that we need to change because designing a product is one thing. Realizing the problem, you are going to experience maybe some deviation and you need to capture this depending on the industry. The frequency of the requests are higher or lower, but the tools need to talk to each other. They needs to allow to, this collaboration there, despite there is a wall and there is a geo difference uh, between uh, a fab and uh, an uh, engineering design department. Lastly, of course, what uh, I'd like to mention is uh, the rule of low-code, no-code technologies. With Mendix, uh, within Siemens, uh, since uh, two years, uh, a powerful mean in order to accelerate uh, a lot of those roadmaps, transformation roadmaps the industry have, the customers and and manufacturer has. This is about really smartly linking existing assets uh, with new assets, with our assets, software assets. It's about uh, personalize a lot uh, uh, the way you assess data and you take decisions, so creating apps. Uh, But in particular, it's also the way to expose everyone's experience in his daily job through an app to all the rest of the organization. Because as soon as you're creating an app, you have it ready for sharing with the whole community. That's why with Mendix, we're looking forward not only to help accelerate uh, the digital transformation roadmap of uh, our customers and manufacturers, but also a way of uh, yeah, bringing the specific knowledge and exposing this into a broader developers community. And we are looking at increasing that more and more going forward.
0: Thank you so much, Raffaello, for taking the time to talk to us.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it was a pleasure for me to have uh, spent some time with you. It's important we, we talk about those things and we talk about the experience we're doing. So thanks for inviting me here.
0: And of course, I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with the latest digital industry stories, click the subscribe button and leave us a review and rating to help us spread the message of these extraordinary visionaries. We have recorded over 10 episodes and we want to bring you more exciting content just like this. In the meantime, we will be working hard on putting together episodes for your auditory pleasure. Also, for further information, you can visit us online at siemens.com and use the contact section to reach out to us. This is the voice of smart digital manufacturing, and I hope you will join us again for our next podcast episode.